Hey, 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 Becker Scotty, how we doing? Woo! Great, buddy. Really uh, great. Yeah. Whoa! One of those, yeah. <laughs> um, excited about tonight's episode. Did my research. Interesting fact, guys. Uh, it, it always seems like we record on the right nights. It's unbelievable. Uh, this very day, 1975, uh, little Beatles of Jace. Um, I want you to think about the Beatles and their entourage in 1975, Okay. Everyone's kind of looking for the next job, right? Turns out on this day, Beatles roadie, assistant, general good dude, kind of the, the mascot of our pod, if you will, uh, Malcolm Evans, met a young hotshot director named George Lucas, fresh off of his debut, American Graffiti, uh, ready to pitch his, his new space opera he was working on at that time. Lucas had heard Mal's sound effect work on some of the most famous Beatles tunes, you know, including A Day in the Life, Maxwell's Silver Hammer. He was really interested in actually hiring Mal Evans as his sound effects supervisor for the, the, this new movie he was working on. They met in the office of George Lucas, where the director... Um, wanted to just do like a, a free association thing. So he would, George Lucas would say the names of new creations from his upcoming film, Star Wars. Um, and he asked Mal to play a sound that he would associate with that, like character name or word or phrase. So they started with lightsaber. Mal played a hammer on an anvil. Uh, next was tie fighter. And Mal played a hammer on an anvil uh r2d2 mal played a hammer on an anvil lucas started feeling obviously that things weren't working out um but he, he was willing to give it another shot and he, he threw out a name that wasn't gonna be in the first movie uh but something he he was you know workshopping a little bit so he was like all right let's try this admiral akbar mal said it's a trap uh, and so things turned around all of a sudden, George was like, oh, this could work. Let's, let's work on that. So he's encouraged. And Lucas says, Millennium Falcon, Mal plays a hammer on an anvil. <laughs> Didn't work out. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. All you blood of scruffs that that made the time and keep tuning in. Uh, tremendously appreciated. Welcome back to Blotto Beatles, celebrated the world over as the leading maudlin masterminds of Beatles broadcasting. I'm Becker, and we are entering episode 13, if you can believe it. Holy. We are going earlier than we ever have into the Beatles discography, and we'll get into this week, week's pick in just a moment. Mostly as a reminder to ourselves, I just want to restate our premise that we are the podcast where a couple of friends have a couple of drinks and come together to discuss and rank a single Beatles song. I'm joined by my great friend and co-host, <laughs> that beautiful boy, <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> oh, hey, that's a, that's a uh, the second time you've given me that compliment tonight. <laughs> cut, and pa- cut and paste error right yeah. there. But uh, how are you doing, my bud? Everything good? I am good. It should. Uh, here's what I'm going to say, and I, I think you probably want to talk a little bit about the last episode. Um, 
this maybe feels like the Beatles leaving Twickenham. It, it feels good to be in, back in the virtual Abbey Road, personally. It really does. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. It, it went maybe a little awry a couple weeks ago when we were in person. I don't know. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad we were responsible in a number of ways. We were responsible with... Uh, COVID pandemic times, we were also responsible with our own uh, ability to to get home. You know, none of us on our own volition that night. And uh, but it, things went off track pretty quickly, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think um, after last week's episode, we probably need to steer clear of the Ringo bar for a little while until yeah. the dust settles. Um, I, I'm not sure if we're allowed back in the Ringo bar for <laughs> yeah, a little while. After half a dozen mystery words or so, um, we attempted to take the stage quite loudly at uh, Scotty C's studio, and we were quickly 86 by the management over there. Yeah. So um, we'll see how that works out. I've it's never weird. heard our friend Chris say the word guitar so much <laughs> in my life. <laughs> he usually calls it an axe, and yeah, that's what's so funny. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I am. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun, and I am just psyched to be to be back here with you guys again and presiding over the proceedings as usual our executive producer the george martin of new england it's scotty c welcome bud are you feeling good i am i am like blado already oh awesome (laughs) what 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 happened tonight (sighs) well i'm 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 gonna you guys talk about you know letting people peek behind your curtain i'm gonna let them peek (laughs) behind my curtain a little bit and or our curtain. Um, and we've, this is our second episode we're doing tonight. We're double headering. Yeah. Double heading. And that's what and they we say in baseball. Double, they're double headering all the time in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I know you hate sports, Becker. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, yeah, I've been drinking a bit with you guys for a few. Yeah, tonight yeah, we, we just did a tremendous episode with a very special guest, uh, Ken Womack. And that episode will have been out for weeks and weeks and weeks prior to this. But um, we got the woe. He came on. We just talked Yoko Ono for like three hours. And uh, it was awesome. It, it was, was really awesome. great. We yeah. had a great fun. He was an amazing, amazing super, sport. He was a super nice guy and definitely said at one point, uh, like, yeah, I just did a podcast with Judy Collins and now I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. He was great. He was yeah, awesome. He, he was fantastic. Love the woe. Uh, you guys, I know, have been drinking a little bit, but is anyone drinking uh, anything of merit out there? Yeah, I will he, say that um, I went on theme for tonight's episode, and I'm switching over to uh, to a red wine. We haven't announced the track yet, um, but you know, I'm not just like a beer drinking like brown liquor miscreant. You know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes I drink red wine. Scotty, what uh, about you? I, I I often drink red wine. I know I haven't done it a lot on this uh, podcast, but uh, I brought it. I brought it tonight. I don't know why I'm putting this, uh, <laughs> holding it so strongly, but I am drinking some red wine. That's a um, a 19 Crimes Cali Red. It's got Snoop Dogg on it, and <laughs> I figured that was you know. Do you know what I heard though? Murder <laughs> was the case that they gave him. I heard that. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. Um, I am a beer drinking, brown liquor drinking miscreant. So I am having uh, the Hemingway, some some Maker's Mark whiskey and soda water. And uh, unlike you guys, I'm sure you'll get there. But I'm already starting here with the Devil's Purse Hamline Kolsch, which, as we know, is the the official beer of Blotto Beetles. Of course it is. Yes, it is. I have a uh, handful on deck and I expect to get there. 
Yeah, it's the only beer I will drink. High, high praise. Yeah. So with that said, um, Becker, we've given you a few runs at this, and I want to I, I want to open it up again, um, and I want to allow our listeners to know the answer to this question uh, before we even dive into the track. Just tell us who are the Beatles? Tommy, lucky number thirteen. I think I'm going to nail it right on the um, right on the top of the screw for you. I got a and, lot of hope. Drive this thing home. A lot of hope in my heart. Yeah. Hailing from just across the lake from us, Lake Erie, that is, among the most impactful figures in popular culture, delivering on a mix of sexual, religious, and political themes, um, arrived in New York City with about 35 bucks in their pocket, um, and they quickly began to dominate as a writer, musician, dancer, singer, uh, fashion icon. Um, You guys probably know the queen of pop. Lady Madonna Louise Ciccone and her Beatles. Nope. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. Famously, uh, Madonna led the Beatles in these these top tracks, um, like Two Virgins, True Blue J-Way. Um, <laughs> this is maybe the worst. <laughs> Lucky Starkey. <laughs> oh, and uh, Sean Penny Lane. <laughs> Wow. Am I, uh, nope. am I, no, nope. <laughs> nope. who, who, who am I thinking about? You're, you're just thinking about the, the queen herself. Uh, we're going to play a little game. Okay. <laughs> and it's called truth or dare because you're talking about <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I'm uh, usually like on the fly. I can come up with a good, like if we were doing a Madonna podcast, it would be yada yada. I'm really struggling because she's you know she's just an icon i don't know uh, like how can we even set up a podcast i think we would just call it madonna <laughs> that would be it that's all you need to know right on yeah madonna uh, fucking cool man come on of course and i came to this one in a in a funny way do you guys know anything about chicone youth no no chicone youth is basically like a sonic youth side project that um it's sonic youth and jay mascus from dinosaur jr and mike watt basically. And D Boone had just died. Uh, D Boone of the Minutemen. He had just died. And Watt was in New York city. I think he was dropping off, uh, Kira, his girlfriend at the time at NYU and Sonic youth basically sort of pushed him to get back into music. He wasn't playing music. He wasn't sure what he was going to do. And they recorded this, um, they called it the whitey album. And that's pretty much where the reference to the Beatles stops. But, um, they very, interestingly cover um into the groove uh by madonna wow and it's uh, kind of this weird collagey stuff it's all like drum machine they call it get into the groovy um but yeah i was looking some way to sort of backdoor uh backdoor madonna into this conversation but uh a little more research tells me that uh we would probably call the podcast may morda beer toe which is based on her character from a league of their own. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> awesome what, movie. That's what we got. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no. I, Madonna's great. <laughs> what do you going to say about Madonna? Right. Like, she's fantastic. I don't know. Of course. Yeah. A lot of respect. I was looking for, is there like a heavier Madonna Beatles connection, but it's nearly impossible to Google because, um, Lady Madonna just comes up. Basically. That's, yeah. So uh, that's, that's pretty point. much that's about it. Stopped. That's why they did that. Yeah. I bet she likes the Beatles. 
Well, fellas, who could that be at the door? Let me go find out. Oh, it's the postman. Wait, oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, hey, 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 Mr. Postman. Mr. Postman, look and see. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness, guys, the postman just came and he delivered some fan mail. He wow. just came right to my door in the middle of this episode. That's unbelievable. Let me just open this letter up. That was absolutely not amazing Foley work. All right. Oh, it's from it's from one of our our dear fans, um, Colin. You guys know this guy. He said he was listening to our last episode, uh, episode eight, the other day, and he said, "Becker, you were this way." He says Becker was doing uh, his band confusion bit. I, I don't know what that means. I don't I mean, know. What you he's just explain the Beatles, who the Beatles are. Um, and then I said, was it George in the schoolboy outfit? Oh, that's when you were a little confused about ACDC, right? Uh, and so Colin says, I thought, I swear I've seen this uh, before. And he sent me a picture. I just want to, uh, uh, Becker, I'd love it if you could just describe this to people. I'm going to put it up on the screen for you. <laughs> Do you see what this is? This blurry. looks like a blurry shot of our friend Colin in a schoolboy uniform. Is Th- that not true? That is actually. Do you know who that is? That's George Harrison. Is, <laughs> that is actually uh, George Harrison in a schoolboy outfit. This is a mid seventies George Harrison dressed up and uh, ready to go to school. Yeah. So uh, Colin tells us, my friends, as I, I take this off your screens here, um, it's from the video for. Crackerjack Palace, that's 1976. So maybe that is where the confusion came of why you thought ACDC was the Beatles at that point. Yeah, interestingly, maybe this just sort of um, seeped into my subconscious and um, yeah, brought that about. And, and maybe that's maybe that's my mistake all along. Maybe all this stuff has seeped in. Yeah. I think earlier in this video, George Harrison is also uh, being carted around in a baby carriage. So I don't know when that will play in. <laughs> It'll but. come in at some point, I'm sure. But you know Things. what? At the end of the day, I love that uh, whether friends or people we don't know are reaching out. We've been getting a lot more emails recently and some compliments and some conversation starters. Um, and that's what we're all about. And so at this point, I think it's really important to remind everybody, please don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to Blotto Beatles on your favorite podcatcher of choice. Uh, maybe you could be the next uh, segment of Please Mr. Postman. The, the postman could come to our door and it, it could be you coming to the next episode of Blotto Beatles. Uh, if you feel so compelled, you know, drop some of those five-star reviews, uh, some of those likes on your podcatchers. Those go a long way. We are available, just as a reminder, on all those social media outlets at Blotto Beatles. Um, you can email us blottobeetles at gmail.com or find us at blottobeetles.com. Uh, and please, please, please. I hope by the time this episode airs, this is a long forgotten memory. We talked to Ken Womack about it earlier tonight and I think he was shocked. Would you agree? I think he was appalled. Oh yeah. I think yeah, he was, think he was really unaware. I know he gave us some, right uh, he gave us some names to follow up on. Yeah. Because it is time to get original Beatles drummer. P.S. The blue verified checkmark on Twitter by hashtagging all your posts. Hashtag Pete best. Get that check. My friends, we, I think, are going to take a little break and we'll be right back to talk about the song for this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I think I said that right. No, I just I just want to try it. You just want to add it in. (laughs) 
As you know, every week, Scotty C picks a track, and he sends it our way for us to begin our deliberations on. Um, Scotty C, what's the track for this week? Oh, boy. Um, I am I am ready to talk about this next song. This is... We're finally getting to the first UK release for the Beatles. Please Please Me. And this song is a cover song. It is called A Taste of Honey. And a McCartney, Taste of Honey. A Taste of Honey. And McCartney is the uh, driving voice in the song. I did read that maybe... You know, they were really popular with the teenagers and the rock and roll stuff. So, you know, they were thinking, let's do something that's a, a little more sophisticated, a little more adult. And so they wanted maybe maybe George Martin had this idea. Maybe it was all of them to come up with a song that made them sound a little bit more accomplished and adult. So this was something they picked. I'm not sure why. But um, <laughs> it was written by a, a couple of fellas named uh, uh, Rick Marlowe and Bobby Scott. I like the name Bobby Scott because my dad's name's Robert and my name's Scott. Bobby Scott. But anyways, Rick Marlowe, apparently he was on TV shows such as Bonanza and Magnum P.I. We'll talk about that later, maybe. But I had to get that in there. Um, this was uh, one of those songs that they did on this marathon session to finish this album. It was like a a ridiculous 12 and a half hour recording session at Abbey Road. They did tons of originals and they did tons of, and they did some covers at the end. Uh, this one seemed to have some significance because they did most of the covers at the end, but they, 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 they kind of popped this one in the middle. Um, it only took them a handful of takes to get it done. Um, this song is something that they were playing for a while before they recorded it though. they, there are recordings of them playing it on the BBC even before this album, uh, this this album version came out. They did it at the Cavern Club. They did it in Hamburg, I believe. And um, I know we talked a little bit about um, the fact that we just did this episode with Ken, Ken Womack, um, talking about the Yoko song. Um, Walking on Thin Ice. Walking on Thin Ice. Thank you very much, Tommy. I was going to say Dancing on Thin thin Ice because the song is so dancey. I want to dance on it. Um, That's dangerous. I I don't recommend that. (laughs) I believe that this this, this guitar that John played on this album, uh, on this exact track, was the one he played on on his very last um, session. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's crazy. Yeah, um, I'm not positive about that, but that's kind of what we do here. Um, so it, it is interesting that tonight we're talking about, and it's not the same in the podcast timeline, but we are talking about basically the earliest Lennon and then the, the absolute latest the Lennon, lastest Lennon, lastest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, a this is supposed to be a sophisticated adult style cover to balance out the teenage rock and roll on please, please me, which is the Beatles initial release you know, album release. And, um, I want to listen to it and see how sophisticated and adult it really is. Do you guys want to listen to it? I would love to. And I would also recommend our listeners do the same, you know, hit the pause button on the episode and, and listen to a taste of honey from please, please me. And then join back with us. I'll see you back here in about, uh, two and a half minutes. A taste of honey. Tasty. Much sweeter than wine. Do 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 do. 
Well, gents, uh, please please me. First time diving into this record, I, I would love to start there. If you would like to start there, what do you what do we want to say about this album? Yeah, this is basically um, well, it's the earliest we've spoke about any Beatles track. So, I mean, this is as early as you get, I guess, album wise. But this is basically um, the Beatles stage show, right? They yep. had a couple of singles um, originals, and they had their stage show. And George was like, "How can we, George Martin?" Uh, George Harrison. George Martin was basically like, we need to put out a record like like yesterday. Um, the date yesterday, not the McCartney song yeah. yesterday. <laughs> and, You're correcting um, yourself a lot there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone tracking with me? And uh, I guess they had, they had actually considered recording this at the Cowboy I was Club. just about to bring that up. I think that's a, a cool notion. But again, kind of like comes back to this idea we've talked about like the Beatles didn't even know that Abbey Road was like this or EMI was this womb that they would be living in like this comfort zone but it but it starts here right yeah and then they go in and they record this in like one marathon session and, I love um, that it's it, like I it, think it's pretty amazing yeah it, it it kind of encourages this like thought of the Beatles being like a garage band in a way, you know, like just ripping these tunes off in 12 hours and, you know, live, the vocals are basically live. There are very, very few overdubs recorded later. Does it really pan out that way, though? Like, is the record as like garagey as I want it to sound? I don't know. Like, no. And that's where like uh, I do have this in my notes that it, it misses the mark a little bit like when you read and fanboy over a little bit about the Hamburg days and things like that and they're uh you know they're fucking and fighting their way through through the mean streets and stages of Hamburg and getting beer bottles thrown at them and all of that you don't think of Taste of Honey as being <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> among that you do think of some of the other tracks here that you know you think about Twist and Shout you think about yes. Long Tall Sally and and stuff like that and so I think some of that is there. You know, the, the Ringo famously says later on that sort of he's not interested in punk because uh, they were punks basically early on, right? And there's that notion that they are, you know, the proto rockers or something because they're wearing the leather and 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 all of that. But it if doesn't come just through look, on this track. Yeah, if we just look <laughs> at all the track, like, okay, so I saw her standing there. Like, I, I don't know if there's a better start to an album than that. Like, one, two, three. Yeah. And, and like you you yeah. kick that thing off it's amazing like and that thing is pretty rocking boys is p- pretty rocking i'm gonna say like please please me is a little slower th- always than i think it is in my head but it still like kicks off tune. and twist yeah. and shout the other songs on this record are misery <laughs> anna go to him yeah. uh chains ask me why love me do like okay borderline maybe like and let me hard. do, I think it already been released, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So PS, I love you, baby. It's you. Do you want to know a secret taste of honey? And there's a place like this is a record f- full of slower ballady <laughs> tunes that like in my head, it's supposed to be like this kind of raw rock record, but raw rock in, you know, the early 1960s is very different that than was... it was even five years later. Right. Absolutely. And what, and that's, uh... I mean, what, I mean, I, I, I just want to say the thing I read about them having to have this, this song that balances their teenage rock and roll stuff. Like, how is this even that? Right. Yeah. It's an interesting one that, that Paul picks up here. I think that 
And this really harkens to like the early sentimentality of Paul, right? That he's sort of zeroing in on, on this track, I guess, you know, and the Beatles are sort of playing along a little bit with him. Okay. Okay. To, to fantastic effect. I actually think that the, the backups on this track pretty much sell it for me in a way. So do we think this is Paul's idea? I don't even, I I don't know the answer to that. Like he's the one that says, I'm pretty positive. This is Paul's idea. I think that he is a fan of this movie. This, um, I, I might be getting this wrong, but this track is originally introduced as an instrumental. Yeah, a lot of trumpet. Some sort of um, English film. Yep. And then someone puts lyrics to it and uh, in the early 60s. I think it's uh, Lenny Welch puts lyrics Lenny, to yes, it in sort of Lenny this Welch. really like croonery way. That's sort of... That's the one that caught Paul for sure, yeah. For, forgettable. And then I think that's what catches, catches Paul. So but also we- at the time, I mean, they're in... Hamburg, they're playing all night, right? Their sessions, they're they're booked to play all night, so they're kind of like a jukebox in a way, right? It's probably not that strange that that Paul was like, "Oh, I heard this tune," and then they just decided to start playing. It, it's know? just kind of funny that they're like, like the stories of the Beatles in Hamburg are like they're doing four sets a night and they have to, you know, do yeah. all these poppers and stimulants to stay on their game. And so they're doing these poppers and they're up, 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 and they're just right ready to play taste of honey. Yeah. I think in Albert Goldman's book, he says basically like a one night Stu Sutcliffe and John Lennon, like uh, might've killed a sailor, like with a bottle one night because it just got so like intense. And you Whoa. can't imagine that Paul had just come off stage playing Taste of Taste Honey. Of honey. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's jacked up after that one. Yeah. <laughs> They're closer. Um, I, you know, I like to post some pictures with the, the vinyl record and stuff on our social when we are, are diving into a track. But I do not have Please Please Me, which I didn't realize, which is a gaping hole that I will fix. But I do have this very bullshit release called Song <laughs> Pictures and Stories of the Fabulous Beatles. And it happens to have Taste of Honey. And this is sort of a teeny bopper release. But I just want to, re- if you if you indulge me, I'm going to re- read what, uh, what they say about Paul in this thing here. Um, Paul is sometimes called the nut beetle or the beetle nut because he is the zaniest of the group. He is the quickest wit, loudest laughter, and craziest sense of humor and is a habitual practical joker. Paul is the only beetle with jet black hair. He has a strong, straight nose and full lower lip and gleaming white teeth. He hates to shave and calls it the curse of the mankind. He favors tight clothes, and in case you'd like to shop for him, his collar size is 15 inches and his waist is 30. He's indifferent to what he eats uh, and can make do with very little sleep. He loathes pajamas and prefers to sleep raw, ladies. Hates tub baths and loves showers. Oh, yes, and one more thing. He hates jelly beans. (laughs) Are you, are you serious? <laughs> I couldn't have written this. Uh, this is uh, Song Pictures and Stories of the Fabulous Beatles on when did VJ that come Records. Out? When did that come um, out? I don't know, actually. I mean, good, uh... th- that is... I don't even know how to respond to all of that. <laughs> like, I should have taken notes. There is no date on this thing anywhere. 
how in nine in the early night how in like nineteen sixty two are they talking about Paul sleeping in the raw first of all? <laughs> like, yeah, and then like pairing that with jelly beans. Like, what happened? This is definitely of the time, and I'll do some better research for the the social uh, drop of this. But on the back of it, also, it has all of the Beatles, and you're supposed to cut out your photo and paste it in next to the one. So it says Paul loves. And then you're supposed to put your photo there. Oh, so, that's cute. Uh, I like it's kind it. of a nice thing. Yeah. Is Mal I got, Evans I got on this. There? Uh, I got this yeah. from my father-in-law. <laughs> no, Mal Evans is not. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm not going to put my photo anywhere then. <laughs> but anyways, it's an interesting collection. It, it Very, happens to yeah. have "Taste of Honey" on here, uh, and that's the only version I have on vinyl. So uh, wow. we'll be seeing that. And it has a bunch of the, uh, please, please me. Do you want to know secret twist and shout? I saw standing there. Mystery Anna. Like it's very, someone licensed basically, please, please me to make this happen. So that's why there's so like that, something I'm never going to be able to get a hold of. Right. Like the, this far out is that weird release thing that happened between Britain and America or England and America and the like these different versions and like that could be a that could be a canadian release for all i know (laughs) (laughs) well there's also uh, how little i mean very much here the beatles are not controlling these releases remotely and i think um it kind of feels like up until the end they're not really controlling the releases it just seems like suddenly they realize trusting them a little more yeah but i mean this is it's almost like the beatles were like wait a minute this music we've been recording has been being pressed to vinyl and being shipped to people i had no idea yeah but this is really the first bit like this is them being like you can do whatever with us like they're just hoping to get to the top of most of the exactly like whatever you say like that's it and i guess you have no idea right you've been recording you press these little records and they go out and you know you're getting some fandom but like the world is so large then, you know, you don't know what's going on across but, the pond. But what across the but Lake what, Erie. But what <laughs> who said like you need to record this song? Like what's the point? I think George Martin is pretty in charge at, yeah. at this point. You yeah, know, I yeah, think yeah I think you're right. Yeah. Um but why? I think they just wanted to appeal to a wider audience. Like at this point it's like they are not famous like it's so hard for us to to picture that right like the, it's yeah. like what can we throw on something that we think is going to grab five more people okay it's like okay. It, it's kind of like recording a podcast and you know uh putting yourself out there and talking about darning socks or something out there you know what phase of the beatles is this podcast yeah scotty like 50 years from now people are going to be like why did they even have that guy chris on that made no sense. And it was like, well, Chris knows some people and we want to, we want to open ourselves up to a larger audience that way. Yeah. Chris Womack. And they'll understand why we had Ken Womack on that guy's a scholar. Uh, <laughs> I think we're in our rubber soul period right now of podcasting. That's, Already? I think you are <laughs> very complimentary of us. <laughs> well, I'm just, well, here's, I'm, <laughs> I'm just telling you, I'm just about to use the studio as an instrument, basically as like this, the third host of the podcast you're going to start seeing, you know, nice. Yeah, I think um, we are, George we Martin, Stray uh, Hamburg. <laughs> uh, um, we're talking about who's in control and, and stuff like that. Do you know that George Martin considered calling this record and that probably makes him the one that is in control? He considered calling this album off the Beatle track. <laughs> And then he called wow. another record off the Beatle track of like the yeah Symphony later on in his life like an orchestral collection yeah. of Beatles songs that he was involved in. But uh, who knew that, that the old uh, the old codger had it in him for uh, for a bit of a pun? 
I mean, that seems wow. like something that we would we would be doing here, you know. <laughs> what was the thing that Ken Womack was talking about? His voice. Oh, that he had adept, uh, adapted a bit of a uh, an affectation, I guess, to sort of uh, like a more sound proper like a, British a, accent oh. than to jump some class. Yeah. Wow. From my studies, uh, England has like 32 different classes, upper, lower, middle, lower class. And it's, uh, you know, it's very, uh, very particular. But also on the back of this uh, of the recording, George Martin says, I don't know how they do it. We've been recording all day, but the longer we go, the, yeah, better, the better they get. They get. Yeah. That's so cool. And that's because... probably the last compliment George Martin gives. <laughs> you are so anti-George Martin. Yeah, I mean, we. Uh, I don't want to get into it, but I mean, <laughs> but we're going to talk about "Please Please Me" a ton because it has a ton of songs on it. Um, yeah, and some, you know, some really fiery starters, like for for yeah. Beatle fans. You know, I mean, the song that was called "17" as a working title. Do you guys know which one it is? Uh, I saw her standing there. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing by the lyrics. That's a banger. Yeah, when we when we when we talk about that song, I'm gonna have some issues with those lyrics. <laughs> Just so you guys know, I don't know. That's that's questionable. <laughs> hey, I mean, um, Scotty, you wanted to uh, say something and take us into this track. Well, I was just thinking. I was I was reading some of these lyrics as we were talking about "Please Please Me," the um, the full record. And you know they're they're fairly simple, but I mean, I'm guessing this is basically like a kiss, a kissing song. Like this is about a kiss. This is about how sweet a kiss can be, and a sweet how a kiss mm-hmm. is, and yeah, how you you want to come very... back for it, and you I want to come back for that sweetness and you. Like I think that's pretty fucking cool. Like I don't know, it's very PG and it's very it's very earnest, and and I appreciate that. And, and I mean. You'd probably say all these things about Paul, right? Like those are sort of Paul traits, a little bit, right? Especially um, this era, right? Like the the he's the sweet, nice beetle, right? That's the yeah. He wears shtick. no pajamas, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I just really, I just really, I want to say this one thing. I mean, I I don't get way into lyrics, and I'm not trying to say these are some like incredible <laughs> lyrics, but and they didn't even write them, but. The the pause like, and I'll come back for the honey, pause and you, like it's mm-hmm. not just your kiss yeah. in like this sexual thing or or this like, this um thing that's getting me aroused or whatever. It's like it's you. Like I think that's I don't know. I like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and too. I think I think that component that you're addressing, I I relate to also. And there's almost, I think I said it before about the the backups and the way that plays into um, George and John singing on this song. But there is a drama that's sort of driven home effectively in the interplay of all three of them singing together. Um, I first heard this. I didn't know Please Please Me that well as a record, but I first heard this um, on the BBC recordings that came out in 94. Yeah. And so I got, I got that for Christmas. The Beatles are famous for putting out uh, shit that you're, parents will buy you for christmas so i got the bbc record um i got which it had a bunch of stuff that i yeah. didn't know right it's a ton of covers and, and alternate versions and stuff but taste of honey is on there and um i generally responded to it pretty well like i liked just the singing on it like i i, I knew it was relatively fluff but yeah. um do you want to listen it, to it real quick here 
Do we need yeah, to listen to it? I think it's recreated. Oh, the BBC version. Sorry. Yeah, I think it's recreated really well. You know? Yeah, throw it on. Actually, Scott, as you're throwing it on, can you... Um, Take my shirt we probably off. Won't, we won't no. listen to the whole thing. Could you throw it on like around a minute and 30? I think that's right around the bridge part there. The middle eight, as they say. I don't know what the BBC studios look like at all, but I think what sells that... Is that the BBC take? Yeah. Yeah. I think what sells that for me in a way is I imagine them singing into like two microphones there. You know, and I don't know. I have never seen a photograph. I've never seen a video. I don't know if that's true or not. It's crazy that that, you're pointing that out because you love two men singing into one microphone. I do. I do. Absolutely. Well, he's singing two men into one. Especially if those two men are Beatles, you know? Yeah. Um. And so maybe maybe this is where it starts for me. I don't I don't know. I, but I, I'll work on that with my therapist. The, the, sound, uh, yeah. the reason I asked Scott to cue it up right there was because it took me listening to that BBC part to um, pick up on that. I will return like that middle eight, as the Beatles would say, like that part, like that part kind of soars. You know, the, the, to me, the rest of the song is kind of like it's a little plotting to well, be it honest. Takes, like, it, it does a time change, which is fucking wicked cool. Yeah, that, that is there, cool. there is a time it's change a, in there. It's, it's a real yeah. waltzy song, you know, boom, bop, 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 boom, bop, bop. And then all of a sudden it's boom. Yeah, it just picks it up. And it and then what it made me do was go back to the Please Please Me recording. And then you start to hear like. That's where those double-tracked Paul vocals really come into play, and it's like a little echoey or something yeah. going on in there, a little reverb, like a, there's a, a bit of wetness to to the vocal that's happening. And, you know, I that's think it's the, interesting. Uh, that's that, the honey they got. Uh, that's yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> Sticky. Uh, I think it's just interesting, like, yeah. for whatever I want to say about this song, and I don't have too much, but they're already messing with some studio stuff like this early on to try and, like, bring it bring a tune to life and i think that's pretty cool and then i think if i'm honest about the sort of when they said we're going to do our stage show or something like that you can't just right if they're like all oh, right we have an hour stage show that we perform it can't just be rocking numbers back to back to back right like this is the moment right where you're supposed to grab your sweetheart and, and paul's going to have his moment and you know like if you think about it in the way of it being sort of the, the Beatles live or presented or a stage show, um, it, it probably makes sense. But the thing I don't get about it is it's not a, like a slow dance song. Yeah. Mm. It's not a gradu. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I think they were reaching for something that they didn't need to reach for. It was like a adult contemporary or something. Yeah. Like, it is a weird take. Like, Later on, when they're talking about sort of being influenced, did I miss it, by... Scotty? It wasn't adult contemporary. No, that that's a great line. I mean, it's not in the mystery <laughs> word, but it's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you were trying to push us. I see what you're doing. Is it contemporary? <laughs> no, 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 no. If yeah, you guys, gonna... um, if you guys close your eyes right now, and you don't have to, but it figure my eyes, and you'll kiss me. And I, <laughs> tomorrow I'm just going to smear a little bit of honey on those lips. <laughs> um, what flowers have these bees been eating? <laughs> bees. 
Orange blossom. <laughs> Orange BZ blossom. Your question? <laughs> BZ flowers, right? It's that. Uh, no. If you close your eyes now and you picture Paul McCartney right now, what do you picture? What time period? I picture well, him with that bad hair. Which time? Oh, the the eighties. Yeah, yeah. I can't help Tommy it. Would, I love Paul McCartney, but I, I can't help it. I I think if we weren't talking about Taste of Honey, I I don't know what my answer would be. It, it, that's hard. Like maybe Beard Paul, but um, right now all I'm picturing is like this early Paul because we're talking about this song. I think. And I I if you say Paul McCartney and not in the middle of this podcast, I. I always picture current Paul because he's alive and you sort of know yeah. what he looks like. But sure. when he sings this song or when I hear this song, I picture the boy Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. There's something here where he oh, sounds cool. yeah. like a boy. And he sounds amazing. Like his singing is is spot on. Like I would not take that away from him for a second. So it's not, he's, I'm not being... His singing is always fucking spot on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not being goofy about it. But like his voice sounds like a boy you know um and that hearing that a little bit now and sort of still picturing older paul in my mind like i do feel a little warm about it you know like Mm -hmm. this song doesn't move me a ton but i like um i like thinking about this time of the beatles this is cool it's funny that you talk about the vocals Uh, i i was listening to this and thinking to myself like a realization was are the vocals almost too perfect like those backups that are happening are gorgeous and yeah. everything that paul's doing and when the double track thing comes in it's beautiful and then i started to think to myself like i want them to be this garage band at this point i want them to be like a little more ragged and like imagine if the song was recorded by the band instead for a second like imagine if taste of honey had like this weird in a room sound with like a fiddle or a mandolin and like these ragged mountain harmonies going on where like you can really hear the difference between like a a levon helm and a danko or something like that i could see this translating to that type of music a little bit personally you know like that this tune could translate instead of being like this tight little package that's supposed to appeal to your your mom that it it's more like an americana don't you say that about my mom (laughs) your mom maybe your mom you know yeah and i don't know necessarily where to take that but you know i think there there's an aspect of this tune the beatles we know didn't write it but there's an aspect that could be folkier or or you know, American in, in some way that they're not hitting on. Yeah. I mean, I would love to hear this sort of reinterpreted in the band notion or as a rollicky sort of number. I'm, I'm well on board for that. And when you, and when Scotty's peeling back the lyrics a little bit of it, like I do think it works in that manner. Like it, 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 I'm interested in that. I didn't even get there until just tonight, honestly, because I listened to this song and I was like, I'm not even sure I even remember this song as a Beatles, right. as a Beatles song. I'm not going to lie. And, and then I listened to it and then I was like, all right, I got to recreate this song. So I'm playing it and I'm like, oh, this, this, um, this time change is cool. And this guitar stuff is cool. And then I'm like, but I hate the lyrics or not the lyrics, but I hate the vocals. I'm like the, the whole, like, I don't know the whole chanty like taste of honey thing. Right, like, right, I'm like, right. this is so stupid. <laughs> but but it 
but I like the song. I like the music part of it. But now we're talking about the lyrics a little bit more and a little bit more about the double tracking and the the tenderness of his young voice and the, the backing vocals coming together. And I'm like, all right, I'm 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 on board for the whole thing. I think, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's something to be said for the fact that. I mean, it's definitely Whatever better problems than problems we have with this. It's still the Beatles playing it. And th- so there's, there's some positives to pull out of it. Right. Like, yeah. I, and the whole production and everything they do. Yeah. Yep. So we're um, ready to rank this number one. Well, is that, is that where we're getting that? <laughs> yeah, be- before we get there, I, I've got one, maybe one last question. So did you guys know that Billy D Williams recorded <laughs> whoa, whoa, this whoa, song whoa, whoa. before the Beatles? Is that shit on Spotify? Which, which Billy D Williams? Uh, the the same Billy D Williams that was uh, Lando Calrissian in the Star Wars movies. <laughs> Are you aware? Did you know this? I didn't know this. A taste of honey, a taste much sweeter than wine. This almost feels so like uh, like a stage play or something that he's performing. Yeah. I don't know, like like he's walking into uh, like he has a, a leer. Is that what? Like he's walking into a Renaissance fair, right? <laughs> like, but I, I think maybe it's time. I don't know if this is appropriate right now. It's a little late in the episode, but it might be time to enter a mind games. What? I know, I know. You didn't see it coming. Oh, you fuck. didn't see it coming. <laughs> I'm not ready to answer any questions. And I think this is a quick one. I think Are this is a quick Star one. Star so Wars as Beatles we, questions. As we know, Billy D. Williams uh, plays the part of Lando Calrissian in, yeah. in the Star Wars universe. Uh, he, he premieres. He debuts in Empire Strikes Back and and plays his part. So here's my mind games question. It's an alternate universe. Okay. Mm-hmm. A Taste of Honey becomes a number one hit for Billy D. Williams. Mm-hmm. He Inside rises. of the Star Wars universe. Nope. He, yeah, <laughs> he is not He is not played Lando Cal- This is the early 1960s at this point. And, and the oh, I thought go- you meant Billy D. Williams was playing the song with the Cantina band. Nope, <laughs> nope. He's on his own. In, in real life, he has, uh, he's found a number one hit. It's now Billy Mania. <laughs> Teenage girls are going wild. So oh, he's Billy the Beatles. D. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so now my question is f- for you guys. With that in mind, George Lucas is looking for someone to play this part of Lando Calrissian, and he has four young men, unknown to the, to the greater world, walking in for auditions. Their names: John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Who gets the part of Lando Calrissian in Star Wars? <laughs> oh my God, Tommy. <laughs> I think in this um, alternate universe, interestingly, uh, George Martin becomes Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Oh, just fuck you, man. This shifting fuck of, you. of realities. <laughs> yep. Um, as the Beatles go and giving them the Lando Calrissian role, I'm going to give it to Ringo. Um, I think that- it's slightly comedic um and I, I just think Ringo could pull it off i mean i'd like to place everyone else into the star wars universe but my gut is 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 going to ringo 
I like it. Scotty, I dig it. How you, how you I feeling? dig it. I mean, I always hold Ringo and Lando, and I I love how they both have the O ending. Yeah, and maybe that's why you picked it, Becker. But uh, into this uh, into this category that that of uh, people I love, but I don't want to pick the same person you picked. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to. That's all right. All right. I mean, all right. So I think I pick Ringo. I mean, you know, it's not it's not George. You can't picture no, George. I mean, that's out there. the thing. Well, here's I'm, what I'm, I'm going to say. I just wanted I, to try and I pick. Didn't, yeah. Coming into this, I didn't have an answer, actually. I hadn't thought about my own answer. And this might be a little rough. Uh, I'm going to pick Paul. I was personally. Paul was my second place pick, and I, yeah. I, but I didn't have a good argument for it. Or not. Here's an argument, my but, argument. Yeah. And, and it's not nice. Is. Is there like a backstabby quality to Paul? Oh, <laughs> he comes out there like he's gonna tell you one Jeez. thing and then go like hire Alan hey, Klein Han Solo, yeah. behind your back, or no, fire Alan Klein and hire uh, you know his father-in-law to be the manager. Like he's gonna fight for that stuff at the end and like tell you we're all in this together. We've got it, boys. Here we are. We're fighting, and then he's really on the other side. I don't know. Like releasing his own. Interesting album. Yeah. and. We should have almost saved this for when we have the uh, the gentleman from the the Paul podcast on because it's an interesting yep. question. I we could bring it back. Oh no, we, and we should we should absolutely we should definitely this. bring back which Beetle would be Lando Calrissian <laughs> into another episode. It's kind of an evergreen question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna last forever. Yeah, I here's what I'll say in defense of Paul to what you just said. I believe that Paul always believes that he's doing good i think lando thinks the same thing <laughs> yeah but he's trying to save sky city come on <laughs> yeah and that's that's, that's a true. great that's true that's a great like, quality I, though I, yeah like I, paul is not trying listen you're you're my co-host uh podcast co-host bro but i don't believe that paul would ever be backstabby like i really yeah i think he thinks that like Oh, hire my father-in-law to manage the business because he's good at business. You know, like I, and I, I believe that he is whatever, that yeah. naive. Like, I don't think that he is trying to screw any of the other Beatles over. Like, I, he just I, thinks no, that totally they, agree. you know, that they thing, yeah. don't have it together and he knows someone that can get it together. Now, does that lean everything into his favor and look really awful and, 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 and nepotistic? Uh, like for sure. Magical you know me though. Word. I'm just gonna like take hot takes. All oh day yeah, long. that's oh, yeah. what I'm about. I'm, they I call still want to take Tommy. Tommy, Tommy grenades. I want, don't you know? Tommy that? Grenades. I'd like to keep. I'd like to keep podcasting you. I mean, whatever happened tonight in our <laughs> in our issues, I, I'd like to keep. No, going. I'm gonna reg- I'm gonna regret this take tomorrow for sure. <laughs> like I love Paul, but still, he's trying to save Sky City. He's so <laughs> political, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was mind games for tonight, my friends. Wow, I didn't see it coming. Thank you. Hey, guys, though, we're not here to rank versions of Taste of Honey. (laughs) We're here to rank Beatles songs. Am I right? Is that right? Was that a good segue? I'm ready to (laughs) rank. That works. Okay. So uh, we we do have to put this on our list of the, the best Beatles songs ever, which is all of them. And we ha- we have to figure out where Taste of Honey ranks. I'm just going to very quickly throw out some highlights, if that's okay with you guys. Um, right now, unfortunately, last, and it's still a good song, we have Act Naturally from Help, uh, the Ringo tune. That is coming in at number 12. Uh, at number 10, 
we have All My Lovin' from With The Beatles. At number five, we have uh, what we did last week. It was Day Tripper. It was a single. It was a John song. And currently at number one, we have Happiness Is A Warm Gun from the White Album. We got to talk about where Taste of Honey ranks. Any hot takes? uh, You got an opening bid on it? I mean... I have an opening bid. (laughs) I mean... It's not better than any of those songs. Yeah, yeah it's, I agree. It's it's not the worst Beatles song, but it is the worst Beatles song on our list right as of right now. now. Yeah. So, Act I, naturally, I taste of Honey is currently coming in at this our thirteenth episode. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, because so, I, I would say you know, listen, Act Naturally is not the best Beatles song either, but it it's Ringo and it it has character. It's super fun. Yes. Yeah, it's a fun tune. And actually, uh, I, know, I, I like a, I like know. this I like this Taste of Honey song better than I did when I first picked it. I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, me I'm, too." I'm 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 getting some something off of Please Please Me, and I didn't even know it existed, or or you know, like it it's it's so irrelevant. But then I listened to it, and I'm like, it's not irrelevant at all. It's just yeah. not a Beatles great song, you know? Yeah. And that's what's so interesting about this podcast is like we you sit with a song for a week or two, like depending on our recording schedule and it changes a ton for me, you know, like depending on how I'm feeling that week and and what I'm listening to or how much I listen to it and how much research I do. Like it's just really interesting. And then we come together and then we get drunk and talk about it and then it all changes again, you know? So it's just been, it's been an awesome journey. Like that's. Well, and and it's so easy to overlook these guys are recording covers at this point so that five years later, rock bands don't have to record covers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They are setting the stage Not that they for knew people it, to yeah. just lay out yeah. original music all the time. And totally. um, I think that's, you know, so we can appreciate the covers because these guys are paving the road for creative expression for the sake of creative expression. And I think we're going to find that as we come back to Please Please Me, there's a lot of stuff on here that is exciting and, and yep. speaks exactly oh to what you're God. talking yes. about. And is um, there's like some eternal rock and roll tunes on here also. Um, mm-hmm. That We will return. One, two, three, four. Thank you. That was another episode of Blotto Beatles, everybody. Um, I'm Tommy, and that was Becker. We are your co-hosts. This podcast is produced, edited, composed, magically, magically assembled by your producer, your executive producer, Scotty C. We do have additional musical supervision and assistance from our friend and yours, RB. That B stands for Beatles. You can check RB out at ryan o'brooks on all the socials we are also on all the socials you can hit us up at blotto beetles um and, and don't forget throw out those uh those five star reviews we appreciate it throw out a comment you can email us blotto beetles at gmail.com but also remember this show is performed by professionals we want you all to enjoy blotto beetles safely and responsibly with that said we are going to get into some karaoke and i want to say and we all want to say Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love.
Yeah.